Uh, we've been in a series on the Beatitudes, and uh, we're going to pick that up because uh, there's a couple of, there's two more that are, that need to us to look at because they are just so awesome and profound. You know, Jesus was the wisest man that ever lived. He was the greatest teacher that ever lived. But if you think that he was only a wise man and a great teacher, you're missing out on who Jesus was. And not only who he was, who he is. Jesus is so much more than a wise person. Jesus is so much more than a great teacher. He is the son of God. And he is our savior. And we're going to consider, consider more of his words today. Uh, before we do, would you join me in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Scholars estimate that uh, there has been peace on earth for only about 5% of recorded human history. Uh, About 280 some years, there has been true peace on earth. No wars. Now, I'm sure there's been rumors of wars throughout all those years, but only 280 some years of human history, recorded human history, there has been peace. 5%. Do you find that surprising or do you find that, yeah, that's about right? I almost find it surprising it's that high. Because even today, uh, there are about 10 to 15 conflicts going on in the world that resulted in the deaths of more than a thousand people. Uh, One is in Nigeria that began in 1953. And it continues to this day where there has been over a thousand people killed every year in Nigeria. And the, the battle is religious. It, it, it's an, an issue of, of a Sharia, Sharia law. And it continues every year since 1953. Uh, ones that are, we're more familiar with are those in Afghanistan and, and Iraq. And there are folks who are in our armed services, who continue to lay down their lives in those countries. And there is conflict throughout our world. I mean, that's just the the national level. I mean, let's just think about the church for a bit, huh? Uh, It'd be interesting to see how many years of peace there has been in church history. (laughs) Uh, Like Andy Stanley said, you know, those are the best church meetings when there's going to be a fight. Those are the ones that everybody shows up at because that's when it's going to be interesting and you're not going to fall asleep. And and, uh, there, sadly, is a lot of dissension and a a lot of fighting and a a lot of anger in churches. This past week, there was a video that went viral on YouTube and it's of a pastor in Oklahoma and he laid into his congregation. I don't know if any of you saw this. I I thought about showing it, but then I thought, "Eh, this is, it's me. And this man, uh, he just kind of went off script for a moment, which I do occasionally. And he went off script. And there's a young man who was apparently nodding off in his sermon. And he said, you know, son, that might work in your English class, but this is not English class. I'm teaching you eternal truth, so you need to pay. And then he got out and walked amongst the folks in the congregation. You you guys are getting nervous as I do that, right? (laughs) And he, I had a smile on my face. This guy's like, and he's getting crazy. And, and he goes over and he says, son, you pay attention and you listen and you wake up 
He's like, you know I love you, right? It's like, I'm uh, not so certain about that. And then it looked like he was about to head back to the pulpit, and then he sees another guy, and he says, and I'm supposed to do your wedding in a few weeks? And you, you haven't been here. You haven't been here. You're, you are one of the sorriest church members I have. You're not even worth 15 cents. <laughs> and then he's like, you know I love you, right? And, then, <laughs> and they hug, and the guy's like, guy hasn't been back to church. In fact, uh, a news agency, uh, since this became such a big deal, a, a news crew went and interviewed the pastor, and they, they, the guy who was singled out didn't want to talk to them, but he has not been back to church since. Um, so he probably won't return, would be my guess. Wow. I mean, do you think I step on toes? And that pastor's unapologetic. And, you know, I have mixed emotions because part of me feels like, yeah, that'd be kind of fun to stick it to people sometimes. <laughs> part of me thinks, boy, that's just wrong. <laughs> that's bad. And, you know, the church has a lot of dissension and, and a lot of disunity and a lot of fighting that goes on. In our personal lives, there's a lot of, you know, strife in families. You ever notice that? Uh, sometimes it happens on Sunday mornings when you're getting ready to come to church. That's why I leave my house so early. So I'm in somewhat of a good mood when I get here. You know, I, I, I get up and I leave and I'm here by 6.30, 7 o'clock because I do not want to, you know, involve myself. And I, I do love my wife and kids, but... And I see how they show up sometimes. And I'm like, you know, I'm glad I was here. And sometimes there can be fighting in families. There can be, uh, there can be you know, it can get ugly. And it can be painful. You know, what does Jesus have to say about this kind of stuff? What does he have to say about war in this world? And what does he have to say uh, about fighting in church? And what does he have to say about fighting in our families? What, what does he have to say about, about war and about, uh, about fighting? And the attitudes give us a hint. If you'd look with me, uh, the words would be on the screen. Uh, but it'd be awesome if you brought your Bible. Because then you can you know, mark it up and find stuff and look in there. But Jesus says this. When, now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down, and his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God, and the one will consider today... Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. You know, there's a lot of Christians who want to have the Ten Commandments on the walls of courtrooms. But I have yet to run into any Christians who want the words of the Beatitudes on the walls of courtrooms or the Pentagon or any kind of government building. It'd kind of be weird, right, if on the Pentagon walls it said, Blessed are the peacemakers. They're coming up with plans on how to invade another nation. 
And honestly, these are some of the most famous words that were ever uttered by Jesus. Even if you haven't grown up in church world, even if you haven't been around church very much, you've probably heard these words. You might have encountered them in some way, maybe a poem, maybe some frilly thing at a bookstore somewhere, but you've come across these words. Blessed are the peacemakers. And, and, And since we've all come across these words, we don't even understand how jarring they are, right? Blessed are the peacemakers. There's been 5% of human history that was without war. (laughs) There's very few blessed peacemakers out there, I think. And if there's very few blessed peacemakers, do you see what he said right after it? For they will be called children of God. There's really few children of God. Now, Oprah would say differently. She says, we're all children of God. But Jesus says, those who are children of God are those who are peacemakers. Now, one thing I want you to remember is that Jesus is not saying that these are things you, you got to do. You got to muster it up and you got to try really hard. So, you know, just grit your teeth and doggone it, go be peaceful. He's describing a person who is a kingdom subject, somebody who is changed, transformed, different. And this is the preamble to his whole, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. And here's the people who are in the kingdom of God. This is what they look like. This is how they behave. And you and I read this and we're like, uh, I can't do that. I wake up in the morning. I'm ready to go sometime. It's good on my face, people. This peacemaker thing. I mean, I was peaceful till my child woke me up at like 630, right? didn't have my coffee yet. There are times when we're just itching for a fight. And this is so untrue. I I mean, be honest. Is this true of us? Is this true of the natural state of man's heart? Of a person's heart to be peaceful? To be a peacemaker? Some of us like to get rowdy. Some of us like to fight. It's like, it's those times that we feel the most alive, right? And some of us go looking for fights. This is so unlike us. And that's why you have to understand that Jesus isn't saying, try really hard. He's saying, this is a state of being that is available to you when you follow him. This is, this is a characteristic that you can only have if you are in relationship with the king. It cannot be mustered up. It can't be created by you. It can only be experienced by you when you enter into a peaceful relationship with your heavenly father through Jesus Christ, the prince of priests. You can only experience this if you have experienced Jesus Christ. In fact, that's true of all of these Beatitudes, as I've been saying and arguing for you know, this whole series that we took a two-week hiatus from. That these are things that you can't muster, that you can't create in you. Mercy? <laughs> that's not the natural state of a person. Feeling blessed because you're grieving? It's not natural. Being poor in spirit? Oh, we don't feel like that's blessed. That's not a good thing. These are so anti-us. 
And yet this is what the kingdom is all about. You know, last night, right before I went to bed, they announced that there was a decision that was made in the Trayvon Martin case. And I listened to that with bated breath because I was nervous of what might happen in that small town in Florida. I was worried about what might happen in Trayvon's town, hometown of Miami. And I, I was concerned and... And I'm still concerned because I don't know if we're out of the woods. There may be those who want to fight. And there might be those who get all rowdy over this. And, and they want to, to, they want because they are frustrated and angry that they feel there was injustice. And you know, honestly, when anybody dies and, and is killed in a manner like this, it feels unjust, no matter who it is and no matter how it went down. But our system has decided that jurors have decided that he is innocent. And now public opinion weighs in. And hopefully public opinion will weigh in in a peaceful manner. But what do you guess the odds of that happening? You see, we are people who look for a fight. We are people who want to get rowdy. And Jesus knows our heart. And he wants to transform us and to change us. He wants us to be peacemakers. You know, if that's what he wants in us, and he can only create that by us surrendering our life to him, then the big question for us this morning is, have you surrendered your life to King Jesus? Have you decided that Yes, Jesus is king. And since he's king, he, he is owed my allegiance. Yes, Jesus is king. And the way he says to live life is the best way to live my life. I may not always like it. I may not understand it. Sometimes I might fight it. But because I believe he is king, because I believe what he said, because this isn't just, you know, you're making this up. He's king. He said... The scriptures proclaim about him, like John Ortberg said last week, he is king of kings and lord of lords. And that's not something he just wants you to mentally assent to. That's not something he just wants you to go, yeah, I believe that. That's really cool. Hey, what do you guys want to do now? Uh, He wants you to surrender your life to him. You ever studied surrender in military history? You ever looked at the terms of surrender? He ain't pretty. Uh, Some of you were alive when World War II came to an end. And you remember that day, that victorious day, when we realized that this horrific world war had ended. And you remember the terms Uh, of the peace treaty. You remember the terms that Japan agreed to. They couldn't have an army. That there were certain terms that if they did not meet those, then it was back on. These were acts of treason, acts of war. And, And you remember that there was a huge price to pay for those countries who lost. You know, if you surrender your life to Christ, there's a price you will pay. 
There's a huge cost. You have lost. <laughs> You've admitted it. You've surrendered your life. You're like, I, I've tried my own way, and it just ain't going very good, man. I went to California, so I kind of got that. <laughs> hey, bro, what's up, dude? You know, they try their own way, man. It's just not working out for me. And some of you have tried your own way, and it hasn't worked out for you. And some of you have accepted Jesus, but you keep trying your own way, and it's still not working out for you because you've accepted Jesus for, like, fire insurance. Savior. Oh, save me, I need help. But you have refused to make him Lord. And there are some biblical scholars who would argue that if you've accepted Jesus Christ for for fire insurance, but you have not surrendered to him as Lord, then you ain't in his kingdom. Now, I'm not going to pick on you or anything because I don't want to make YouTube with some kind of crazy video. But I tend to agree with those biblical scholars that if we do not surrender our lives to Christ, then there's very good chance we are not in the kingdom. You see, Jesus wants you to be his subject. He wants you to be his follower. And not because he is some mean overlord who has terrible plans for your life. But because he loves you. Because he created you. Because he knows what's best for you. Because he knows the best way to run planet Earth. Because he knows that if you would be a peacemaker and someone else would be a peacemaker and everybody else would be peacemakers, we would have far more than just 5% of recorded human history that would have been peaceful. Because you see at the root of every conflict, of human conflicts, that every conflict at the root of it is sin. It's lust for power. It's lust for greed. It's lust for things. At every single conflict's heart is sin. And Jesus understands that. Now, for some quick backdrop, because this sermon needs to go a little bit longer. Because I'm not smelling the barbecue just yet. Gosh, I'm so bad. When Jesus spoke these words, do you know what people were like back then? They were kind of like us. And do you know what was going on in the region that Jesus spoke these words in? Jesus picked his home base as Capernaum in Galilee. And Capernaum in Galilee would kind of be like Eckley in Yuma County. And see, in Galilee, they wanted to create a new state. They were going to call it North Israel, but... (laughs) You see, they didn't like how things were being done in Israel. And and the home base of these folks was in Galilee. And they had a big problem with the way that the government was managing their region of the world. And they didn't like it. In fact, they, didn't, they couldn't vote, so they couldn't vote the bums out. And so what they decided, and, and, and there was one of the reactions that some of the Jews had to Roman rule, is they took up the sword. In fact, there was a rising up against the Seleucid Empire. 
about 150 BC, is the Maccabean Revolt. And they revolted against the Seleucids, and they won their freedom. And that got quashed, crushed, in about 37 BC by the Romans. The Romans came in, and they... Actually, sorry, not the Romans. The Romans came in about 6 AD. There was a governor that they had put over that region. His name is Quirinius, and we know about him from the Jesus birth narrative. And that incident that is recorded in the birth narrative of Jesus, that Quirinius called for a census, was so that they would know how many people lived there and how much money they had, so the Romans would be able to effectively tax those folks. And there were some people that were really not happy about it. You know, they didn't appreciate that. And so they kind of began their discussion in Galilee. And there was a group of people, they, they, they read the Old Testament. They wanted to be pure. They wanted God to act. They wanted God to bring about the end of the Romans in Israel. And so they read the Bible and they found this priest named Phineas in Numbers. And Phineas had great zeal for the Lord. The scripture even says this, that he had great zeal. God himself speaks about Phineas having great zeal for the Lord because Phineas saw this Israelite bring a pagan woman as his wife into his tent. And he knew that was against the law that they had just received from God. And so Phineas grabbed a spear, chased them into the tent, and he stuck the spear through them both. I have yet to see a precious moments figurine of that moment. <laughs> Just in case you're wondering. I mean, this is, this is R-rated, people. You need to read this thing. It's fun. Some good stories in here. And God applauded Phineas. He said, this man with great zeal has stuck up for me and my law. And so there was a group of people and they called themselves the Zealots. Because with great zeal, they took up the sword and spears against Rome. In fact, one of Jesus' disciples, his name was Simon the Zealot. He's from this region of Galilee. And it's interesting that Jesus would choose Capernaum as his home base in this region of all these people that were busy saying, let's get them out of here. Let's go. Bring it on. Come and take it. You know, kind of folks. That's who Jesus hung out with. And then he had the audacity, the nerve, to say, blessed are those who take up swords and drive the Romans out of, oh, wait. Blessed are the peacemakers. Do you think his audience was captivated with that concept? Yeah, it's awesome, dude. No, they didn't like it. I bet you they had lots of small group discussions after that. <laughs> Got around around coffee. What do you think he meant by peacemakers? I don't know. I'm, I'm keeping my sword, though. I'm ready to go. I don't think he means the Romans. I think he means like being nice to other Israelites. I don't think he means... Yeah, but what about that part later in the sermon where he says, love your enemies? Yeah, I... It's irritating. <laughs> I'm not going to go back and listen to that. 
I thought he was the Messiah because he was able to heal people and do that kind of cool stuff, but the Messiah is supposed to be the king, and he's supposed to come down and get a little rowdy, and he's supposed to drive the Romans out, and it's almost like Jesus is staging this head-on collision between the zealots who say, let's get these guys out of here, and Jesus comes and says, I'm going to come and bring peace. It's going to be peace between you and God. Through my death, I am a suffering servant, not a triumphal king. Yet. And are you going to accept me? Are you going to follow me? Well, Jesus, if we start becoming peacemakers, things could go really bad for us. You know what? He anticipated that with the next verse, which we'll look at next week. <laughs> hey, just some of you look. You see, since we've experienced peace with God through Jesus Christ, Jesus wants us to extend peace to all people. Since we have experienced peace with God through Jesus Christ, He wants us to be agents to extend peace to everyone. And I know, man, that is so... Man, it's awesome, man. Peace, love, right? But it's true. The scriptures, the New Testament is full of the, the Apostle Paul and Jesus exhorting us to be people who strive for peace. Paul says it this way, whatever, however it is possible for you, live at peace with everyone. Don't go looking for a fight. And not just passively be peaceful, like, you know, conflict avoidance. That's not at all what Jesus is teaching here. Because there's some peace in this world that ain't worth, worth having. It's not true peace. It's cheap peace, right? There are some peace that only comes after war. Jesus said this. If your brother or sister has sinned against you, Go to them and confront them. And if they repent, did you hear that? Conditional clause. If they repent, forgive them. I have said many times from this pulpit that, you know, from this music stand, that <laughs> why would Jesus require us to do things he himself does not do? Jesus forgives us when we repent. He doesn't just forgive everybody. That would be cheap grace. He forgives those who repent. Why would God expect us to just forgive everybody? Those who don't repent. So how do we handle it when we aren't being, when we're not forgiving people because they don't repent? Well, we don't carry a sword and carry a stick and... As Paul says, we allow for God's wrath. We treat them with kindness. We love our enemies. We pray for those who persecute us. And we seek peace. That's expensive peace. Kind of the type of peace that Jesus sought with us. That cost him his life. The kind of peace that cost the Father in heaven 
his one and only son's life to secure for you and for me. See, God's not all about just, Haha, it's okay, man, no big deal. God sent his one and only son to die for our sins so that we might have peace with God. It is this kind of peace that he wants us to be agents of in this world. Not a cheap peace, not a peace that's in the name of tolerance and we all just try to get along, try to tolerate each other. A peace that seeks the good and the best for others. You know, this word peace comes from the Hebrew word shalom. And if you ever wish shalom on somebody, it is far meaningful and more deep than just peace, like what we think of. We think of the end of strife, the end of conflict, people getting along. But shalom is, may you be completely and utterly and totally whole. May all those things in you that are busted and broken and hurting, may they be made whole and well and fixed. May you enter into and experience God and peace and love and kindness in such a powerful way that you never feel the need to stick up for yourself and cause strife because you are at peace. May you have such deep peace that sin never rears its head in you, that your response is always that like Jesus, your Savior who loved everybody in a powerful way that wasn't cheap and wasn't just tolerance, but sought the best of everyone. May you experience this peace no matter what it costs you because Jesus was willing to lay down his life for this type of peace. You think a peacemaker a little different now? Do you recognize that you can't do that? That it is Christ, the Holy Spirit, living in you that can energize and create and make this possible? Have you invited Christ in? Have you surrendered to Him as Lord? You know, a barometer for this would be how much peace are you making? Does peace follow you? Or is there strife and fighting in your way? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that the gospel is not about us trying to be better people. That's what Islam and Hinduism and Buddhism and all these other religions teach. Thank you that you teach that we are loved far greater than we will ever understand or know or deserve. And that through the death of Jesus Christ and our acceptance of Him as Savior, we, we are accepted and forgiven, clean, and being made whole. And as we experience this in our lives, we are supposed to be agents of change in this world, agents of peace. 
people who take what we've experienced and bring it into other folks' lives. So I pray, Father, we would each take a hard look at ourselves. Holy Spirit, you would speak in our lives. We would ask ourselves, are we, have we really experienced peace with God? A profound peace that has brought about a new identity, a new creation, a transformation deep in our bones. And are we people who are peaceable, peacemaking people in this world? Holy Spirit, help us to be those folks. Make it true of us. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. May you be a peacemaker.